0: Hi friends, I'm Olivia and I'm Katie and we are Podcast by Proxy. Welcome. Close. Enough? I was going to say I heard a click a little late there, Simon. <laughs> Just kidding. Watch those clicks. We can all do like, one, two, three, and then we'll eventually get synced up.
1: Oh, and like My Favorite Murder, where at the beginning they do like an audio check where it's like, one, two, three, and they all try to clap at the same time, and sometimes it's impeccable, and other times it's...
0: Yeah, correct.
1: (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Let me get these notes out. Oh, you didn't? We're live.
0: We're live. (laughs) It doesn't feel appropriate today. This is a dark and gloomy day. This it podcast. is and we have guests we have guests so it's a little different it is yes Truth. you're doing it we Thank brought you. our boyfriends we bought the boys uh-huh. yeah <laughs> Brandon <laughs> and Tina Butter uh, who... yeah and
1: I got Simon and Frankie yeah
0: Peter Butter and Frankie <laughs> are regulars on here but Brandon and Simon are not and so please kindly welcome them to today's episode Hello. which is the this- a special episode. Simon, do you want to introduce today's episode, seeing as this was actually your idea?
2: Uh, sure. Uh, so, this is uh, the Polytechnic School shooting, which happened in December uh, 6, 1989. So, the anniversary is coming up, and it's a uh, pretty big deal in Quebec every year. Montreal, there's uh, commemorations to this, and there's quite a few victims. So, it's a fairly sad story. Yet again, another.
1: Real sad.
2: Yeah, another memorial is coming up now, so figured it's uh, something worth listening to and hearing about for everybody.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah, this will go up pretty close around December sixth. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: when we post this episode, being that we're already at the eighteenth, um, this is going to almost be one of the last episodes prior to the anniversary date or memorial date. I don't really like saying anniversary date.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Doesn't
1: feel like an anniversary of anything. Mm-hmm. Simon and I had this conversation the other day when he was like, "That doesn't feel right." I'm like, "Yeah, I think memorial date or like commemorative date are usually more appropriate."
0: Well, I'm really excited to have somebody here who's from <laughs> Quebec for yeah being close to fix it and all also all my
1: shoddy pronunciations. I was gonna
0: say <laughs> so that we don't butcher all of the names.
1: Oh, I'm still gonna butcher all the names. He can just correct them after. <laughs> All right. My French is no bueno.
0: Well, I think because it's just a special episode today, we don't have to cover anything else. We can just get right into it. No.
1: Fair. I'm just trying to make this script fit my screen. I don't have a fancy touch screen like Olivia, where she just zooms in and out and flicks her screen on. It's stressful watching you. Why? <laughs> in person. You're. Okay, I can hear Brandon giggling, like he sees it too. <laughs> I've seen it. You. You just like zoom in, zoom out. And I'm like, you are going to highlight and delete something. You are going to delete a page. I don't know. You're just going to, you're just going to fuck shit up with your recklessness on that touch screen.
0: Control Z. It's no iPhone. Control Z, sister.
1: Doesn't work on everything. It works
0: on pretty much everything. (laughs) Pretty much everything. Okay.
1: I have found one thing at the company I work for that it does not work on. So.
0: I would just like to say, I rarely make mistakes. I'm just quick. I don't often make You just jinxed errors. yourself. You heard it here, guys. Can
1: you knock on wood, please? Just knock on wood. Just knock on wood. My table's wood. Thank you. Thank you. Just made me feel better. We're good. Okay, we can start this now. And I will say, I'm sorry if I fumble through this. Simon wrote this, so it's not necessarily the way it- Like, I write stuff, although that was the point of this. I was really excited to have somebody else write a case, because we would like to have the option for viewers or listeners, you're not watching anything, um, to be able to write and submit their own cases if they want down the line, because that will be something we will offer through Patreon as well, and we'll get more into that later.
0: Beautiful. I love it. I can't wait. You I mean, I can (laughs) wait, because I just, this one sucks, but...
1: yeah it's a lot of information so it's very information heavy and just a lot of victims and there's just so much to it Yeah, there's
0: a lot to this case that happened after too like in terms of legislation and stuff so that makes sense
1: yeah on wednesday december 6 1989 just after 4 p.m 14 women were murdered in one of the worst mass murders in canada history by mark lipin can you say his last name
2: lipin Mark Lippin.
1: I mean, we don't have to okay.
0: say his name at all, but...
1: True. Yeah. Worst case, I'll go, I'm going to go with Mark. On top of this, another 10 women and 4 men were injured. He also ended up shooting himself, making a total number of deaths at 15. While the shooting at first was blamed on many different reasons, such as violence in the media, poverty, isolation, and alienation in society... It eventually reached the consensus that the reason behind his actions were anti-feminism. The government and police actually tried to deny that for as long as possible, even keeping his suicide letter out of the media, but the letter was eventually leaked to journalists who made it public. This was one of Canada's first mass shootings that paved the way for a lot of changes in our gun laws. hmm uh-huh. It's weird, because when you just go, hmm and there's three other people in here, I almost didn't know who it was for a second. <laughs>
0: Actually, I was listening <laughs> to an episode of ours the other day for some reason, and I did understand what people mean. Some people that don't know us say they can't understand, like they don't know who's who sometimes. And I was like, we don't, I don't get we it. don't sound the same, but I did get it in some spots. The audio just does kind of make our voices seem similar.
1: When two become one. Either that,
0: or we just hang out way too much. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna go with both.
1: <laughs> I just, I just want to be close to you. That's all. Talk a little bit about the shooter. He was born to a French Canadian mother and an Algerian father. His father was not a very good person. He considered women to be less than. He also wouldn't let his son and mother be close or show any love between each other. So clearly he had a huge detachment, no real relationship. I mean, kids need to be hugged, they need to be like squeezed a little and like, oh, that's so yeah, sad. Yeah,
0: and like he was an ass to his mom and then also was like super misogynistic to like other women in public like he would just he was the guy that oh, would like just he like,
1: put down cashiers yeah. and waitresses and just yeah yeah you name it if it had boobs or a vagina he put it down
0: or like would just grab it because women were objects
1: well yeah right I mean again isn't that why we're here
0: yeah <laughs> or not oh <laughs> jeez, no idea
1: At the age of seven, his parents separated and his father moved back to Algeria. Good riddance. Once he left, he seems to have completely dropped out of the picture. Which, I mean, good. He wasn't adding anything to their lives. So fuck it. His mother went back to work as a nurse. And because times were tight, he ended up living with several different families while she was away. At the age of 14, he actually changed his name to, well, what we know it now, Mark. But originally, his name was Gamil Gabir.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. As an adult, Mark joined the army. He was rejected because he was deemed anti-social. He went to, he then went to the CJEPS, which is the Quebec version of college in pure science, but switched after one year to a three-year vocational program in electronic technology. He ended up dropping out of this too after just one semester. Um, I personally don't know why, actually. Does anybody know why he dropped out? Or was it also probably because he was just anti-fucking-social?
2: There was never a reason given or made public as to why he dropped out.
1: Hmm. Weird. So a few years after this, he tried to enroll in the Polytechnic School, but was rejected because he was missing two CJEB credits. While they were clearly his fault, he blamed women for his failures and accused them of stealing jobs from men. He might have hated his father, but his feelings for women sure mirrored that of his dad's. Clearly, you had a learning opportunity there, buddy, and you didn't take it. I
0: feel like that happens to a lot of people, though, honestly. Maybe not as serious in this situation, but you can, and I mean, even it's myself. just like racism's taught. I feel like you yeah. can say that you're, like, not, like, you can dislike traits of your parents. Usually, those are the traits that, like, you dislike about you yourself. Possess. Or, like, that, <laughs> yeah. that you don't like about yourself.
1: Yeah, that you're self-conscious about because yeah. they've given it to you. Yeah. You see it in yourself and you don't like it, so you pick at it in other people. Yeah, and so. So It's what we do. Instead
0: of just like owning it and working on yourself, you just like hate somebody else and blame them for it. Sounds
1: like being a teenager forever.
0: Yeah, some people are.
1: Fair. That is true. (laughs) I know a few. Yeah. We know a few. (laughs) (laughs) So now we'll move on to a timeline of the shooting. Okay. On November 21st, Mark purchased a Ruger Mini at Checkmate Sports. Like, he told the store clerk that he was intended to use the gun for hunting small game. November 21st, he was seen in and around École Polytechnique, an engineering school affiliate to the University of Montreal. December 6th at 4pm, he entered the school armed with his gun and hunting knife. At first, he sat at the register's office in the second floor. He didn't speak to anyone while there even when the staff member asked if they could help him. Around 5 p.m., he left the office. He was seen walking around the school before entering a mechanical engineering class of 59 people. Once in the room, he stopped the class and told everyone to stand against the wall, with women on one side and men on the other. At first, people thought he was joking, but when he took out his gun and shot the ceiling, making everyone move as directed.
0: Yeah, and wasn't it, like, the last day of school or something, so people thought it was, a, like, a last day of school prank?
1: Yeah, they thought it was, like, an end-of-year joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was super fucked up. Yeah. And, I mean, why wouldn't you almost? Like, thinking back to when we were in school, now we would never think it's a joke, obviously. But even when we were in school.
0: But the reason we would never think of it's a joke is because of this exactly right? like at, at the time nothing really like this had happened in canada in that like that day and age yeah so be true be true we have those protocols in place or like those mr red drills i don't know if you did drills like that in school um because of things we like didn't
2: this. shut off the lights get behind the doors, or get up against the walls or whatever yeah we did those in school
1: Yeah, and you have to, like, get underneath the windows if a shooter's outside. Yeah. I think those started a year or two after I graduated, like, at my school specifically, so I wasn't part of them. Yeah. But it makes me sad that my nieces have to do that at all. Yeah. And have to go through that and have that, like, fear ingrained in them. It just, it takes away what the fun part of school should be for kids.
0: Or, like, the safe space that school should be for kids. A lot of kids only have school Mm -hmm. as a safe space, like home isn't yeah. safe so the fact that
1: no that's where they're safe and they have meals yeah, and, like the
0: fact that somebody yeah. just decided that it was within their authority to now make schools unsafe like fuck you
1: <laughs> yeah it's
0: there's always a bad egg yeah there's a few there's a lot there's also a lot of really great people we just happen to talk about the, the majority worst, is though. great it's like bad reviews, though. Yeah. Or like customer service
1: reviews, right? You have probably a million good ones, but you know the hundred bad ones are what everybody sees when they look up who or what you are. So <laughs> it's just, so it is what it is. Basically,
0: the aliens just think we're all murderers. We're all saying.
1: walking customer service reviews.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. And we don't see all the good people. All the good ones get overlooked. But the bad ones get all the attention. Yeah. There were nine women and 50 men, and he ordered men to leave the room. He then asked the women if they knew why he was doing this, and when they replied negatively, he allegedly answered that he was fighting feminism. I'm sure you were, buddy. You
0: know, like, okay, because feminism is, is the reason that you can't hold a job or get into university.
1: Right? It's like those involuntary celibates or whatever that are like, it's it's everyone else's fault that I can't have sex. Yeah. And you're like, no, people don't want to have sex with you because you're a horrible human being. You're a piece of human trash and wasted skin, not because of any other reason. (laughs) Yeah. Really? Hold on, I just changed the font and lost my spot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the one with chaotic computer habits. Thanks.
1: Natalie Provo was one of those students in the room and said, look, we're just women studying engineering. Not necessarily feminists ready to march on the streets to shout we are wi- we are against men. Just students intent on leading a normal life. You're women, you're going to be engineers. You're all a bunch of feminists and I hate feminists. From left to right, Mark then opened fire on the women, killing six and wounding three, including Prevost. As he left the room, he wrote the word shit twice on a student project. Like, why was that necessary? Just shit. Not... Fuck feminism! I hate women. Just shit.
0: Yeah, it's just the it's chaos. Like his he's going through some like, mental why chaos. Twice. I don't know.
1: After leaving, he walked down the corridor, continuing to shoot and injured another three students. He entered another room when he tried to shoot a female student twice, but his weapon failed to fire. God, that woman was lucky. Yep. When it failed, he went in an emergency staircase where he reloaded his gun. God forbid he has any downtime. He tried to go back to the room where he failed to shoot the woman, but the student had locked the door. He shot the door three times to unlock it, but it failed. It's probably a fire door being in a school, hopefully, especially in an engineering school. I would hope that they're...
0: I'm pretty sure. Like the fireproof doors. I think, too, when he... It misfired because he ran out of bullets, so he ran in that stairwell to reload, and somebody actually saw him in the stairwell being like, shit, I'm out of bullets, and just was like... Yeah, when he was like panicking. Was like, oh, weird, and just kept walking. Because you don't think that there's an active shooter at your school.
1: Well, yeah, like they said, you think it's some guy in a costume with a fake gun trying to scare his buddies, or... You know, some guy's trying to scare his girlfriend or something. You just don't think it's actually, well, at this point in time, you just wouldn't have thought it was an actual shooter. Oh, God. I mean, I guess like at a certain extent, it's like if we have to live in this day and age, I'm thankful that we weren't this generation where it was just starting and we had no idea about it. It's like now at least we have some preparedness in place, but it still doesn't make it any easier. As he kept down the corridor, he shot at others, wounding another person. And as he got to the financial service office, he shot through the window and of lo- the locked door and killed. Maybe I want to do her name too.
2: Madise Lagagnard. You. You're welcome. Glad you didn't try that one.
1: He went into the cafeteria, which had about a hundred people in it at the time. And as he came in, he shot a woman standing near the kitchen, and a crowd scattered. He shot into the crowd and wounded another student and killed two more women who were hiding in a storage closet after that. Yeah, he really was just like hunting people. For some reason, he spared a man and a woman who were hiding under a table when he told them to come out and they complied. He then walked up an escalator, which is irritating if you're going to walk, take the stairs, like don't be on the escalator. ...shooting one woman and two men who would all survive in the end. He then entered another classroom telling three students to get out and then shot and wounded...
2: ...Marise Leclerc.
1: He fired on students in, in the front row and killed two more women trying to escape the room while other students dove under their desk. He moved toward more of the female students, wounding three of them and killing another. He reloaded his gun and moved back to the front of the class, shooting in all directions... At this point, he wounded LeClaire asking for help. He unsheathed his hunting knife and stabbed her three times, killing her. Poor yeah, girl. that
0: part's so he, rough. yeah, Because she was basically, yeah, she had been shot, but she was still alive. And she was, like, like yelling for, for somebody to help her. And he just, like, walked yeah. over and stabbed her in the heart, I'm pretty sure, three times.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He reloaded his gun and moved to the front of the class, shooting in all directions. Okay, we did that one. And then he unsheathed his gun and stabbed her three times, killing her. He took off his cap, wrapped his coat around his rifle, and exclaimed, Oh, shit, and then died by suicide, shooting himself in the head 20 minutes after he began his attack. Leclerc also happened to be the daughter of then Montreal Police Director of Public Relations Pierre Leclerc who had to speak to reporters outside the school before having to go in to find his daughter's body, himself, stabbed. The Quebec and Montreal government declared three days of mourning. A joint funeral for nine of the women was held at the Notre Dame Basilica for December 11, 1989. Governor General Jean Sauvet, Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, Quebec Premier Robert Bourassa, and Montreal Mayor Jean Dore, attended the funeral along with thousands of other mourners. So Mark did leave a suicide letter. It was on him, but police only offered the details of the letter after two days and kept most of it a secret. The media did try to get full content through the access of information to the case, but was unsuccessful. However, a year after the massacre, the full three-page letter was leaked to journalist Francine Pelletier, who is also a known feminist
0: yeah well she had applied for an fia as well to get that and they said no and then it's thought that somebody from the police leaked it to her because then she sent it to Mm -hmm. her media team but their original reason for holding that letter back they said was that they didn't want to they didn't want to encourage like a copycat
1: no one really knew what to do in this circumstance yet. Of course you don't want to. And you don't know if he's part of a larger group or organization. That's right. always the fear. It's like, is this just one of many that's going to start? Yeah. And you kind of have to be conservative because, yeah, you're right. Another attack would likely happen really soon after.
0: Yeah. Well, remember, we we covered the uh, Toronto van attacks. And mm-hmm. um, he had been very motivated by the mass murderer in the States who had written like a whatever the manifesto manifesto or whatever and he was like very motivated by that so I, I mean I get holding it back for that reason and not wanting to encourage anybody else who might be feeling the same way
1: well it sounds silly but you don't want to inspire someone no which is just super fucked up to say but it's true yeah like you don't want to inspire someone to do something horrible yeah or be like, oh, he did it. Now I got to follow the, like, the charge. Yeah, I should do that. It's my turn to take over. Yeah. <laughs> did you say you would do no, that? I said,
0: like, yeah, I could do that. Like, Somebody's somebody in sees that, it and they're like, mindset. yeah, yeah.
1: Like, if he can do it, I can do it. Or like, oh, he started it. I need to continue this work. That's just kind of the mindset, I think, with that pack mentality with things like this. Gross. Which is Disgusting.
0: Hi friends, if you like what you hear and you want to get even more content from us, we're officially live on Patreon.
1: Patreon is a subscription service where you can get early access to our regular episodes, get bonus episodes, live Q&A sessions, and more. Visit the link in this episode description to learn more and sign up. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Podcast by Proxy. Katie and I are so
0: appreciative of every single one of you for being here with us. If you want to support us even more, don't forget to hit the follow button wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Growing the show means we will be able to invest more time into bringing you more stories like the one you're hearing today.
1: So the letter when it was fully leaked contained the names of 19 other women, including Pelletier that Mark wished to kill because of their feminism. Other names on the list included a union leader, a politician, a TV personality, and six police officers.
0: Yeah.
1: There ended up being a printed list in the Montreal newspaper, La Presse. (laughs) 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 They did keep the names of the 19 people out of the press. And Mark wrote that he considered himself rational and that he blamed feminism for ruining his life he outlined his reasons for the attack, including his anger towards feminists for seeking social changes that retain the advantages of being a woman or being women while trying to grab those of men. There's room for all of us at the table, guys. It's not a one, or one and done.
0: He seems like he has a very fragile ego. That's an understatement. Right, like understatement of the year, but it's gonna be okay. Yeah, women yeah. can succeed and it will not take away from your accomplishments
2: it's fine it's, gonna yeah, it's not going right. to
1: diminish what you're doing Yeah, we can
0: just all do it together mm-hmm.
2: but it sounds teamwork it didn't seem like he was doing a lot to begin with <laughs> <Zing>. <laughs>
0: you're not wrong
1: <laughs> he also mentioned wait was this a guy
2: it's Denis Darcy, who was another person who had shot other people in the past, oh. and, and he kind of used that person as a uh, role model, if Fair. you will. Get, so, okay. just like you said with the
0: band. Literally, get better role models, people. There's so right? many to choose from. Why are you picking from the scum of the earth?
1: Because they are also scum of yeah. the earth. But no, I just wanted to make sure that that was actually a guy's name.
2: I mean, Dennis is fine. I don't think he deserves the courtesy of having his name set properly.
1: That's true.
0: Dennis it is.
1: Yeah. He also mentioned Dennis Lorty. We're purposely going to butcher this guy's name. <laughs> as a Canadian Armed force corporal who killed three government employees and, wor- and wounded 13 others in an armed attack on the National Assembly of Quebec on May 7th, 1984. I have never even heard of that, to be
0: honest. I was going to say, neither have I. If you want to, if anyone listening wants to listen to the full letter read out by somebody from Quebec, so, like, with the proper accent. Uh The end of part two of Christie from Canadian True Crime. Yeah. There, somebody actually read that whole letter out, and she put it in the end of that episode, Aww. and it, it's very powerful, like, when you, I guess not powerful coming from his words, but, like, it allows you to really understand, like, how messed up his state of mind the was. The impact. And, like yeah it's just crazy so yeah i recommend listening to that for
1: sure i love it and i really like her podcast overall in general so check it out so we'll talk about a little bit about anti-feminism at the time and how it played into this and kind of his perception of what was going on around him there was no public inquiry and the suicide letter was not released since the government and criminal justice officials were afraid that too much public discussion would lead to pain on the families, and the media, academics, women's organizations, and family members of the victims protested the lack of public inquiry and paucity of information released. Once released, the gender of the victims, as well as the oral statements made by Mark, made it clear that the massacre was an anti-feminist attack, an example of a wider issue in violence against women. It's now considered an example of a hate crime, as the victims were chosen solely for being women. Mark's mother mostly stayed quiet after the event, but thought the attacks were directed at her, as she was considered a feminist during those times, and being a single working mother as well. The men who were in the initial classroom were also accused of abandoning the women and criticized for not helping them once the intentions became clear. I don't think that's fair to blame those guys. No. I think in a moment of panic and fear you can't hold anyone at like fault for their actions. We all have a flight like fight, flight or freeze, so I think that's unfair to say. But I could understand like a little bit, I guess, at the time they're hurting. So. I mean
0: hindsight's twenty twenty. We can all say, Oh, you should have reacted this or that way but we've said it a million times. You have no idea how you're gonna react and in- that kind of a situation. That moment, Um, yeah. In fact...
2: Rene Jalbert.
0: What did you just say? (laughs) To me, Rene Jalbert.
2: Yeah, Rene Jalbert.
0: Okay, that made more sense. The first time it sounded like I have this problem frequently. (laughs)
1: This is the sergeant at arms who talked down Dennis Lorty mentioned in Mark's suicide letter and said that someone should have intervened if only to distract the shooter, but acknowledged that ordinary citizens cannot be expected to react heroically in the midst of such terror.
0: Yeah, like, great if you do, but nobody's like, come on.
1: People are very unlikely to also be the first one to act when something goes down. We're a follow the leader style, so unless you have that person in the room who has the, like, fight mentality, you're likely not going to get that assistance you need, which, like, which is sad. I but was going to say,
0: let's stop that, though, because the bystander effect is only... It, is. Uh, it only occurs because we all stand and wait we for somebody it. to make a move. So just be the person that makes a move and maybe we'll break it.
1: Yeah. Stick up for the right thing. Do the right thing, people. We can do it. Yeah, we sure can. While male students and staff express feelings of remorse for not having attempted to prevent the shooting... Natalie Provost was one of the female survivors, said that she felt that nothing could have been done to prevent the tragedy and that her fellow students should not feel guilty. I agree. And as we mentioned earlier, this came with a lot of legal changes as well. The events led to a major change in Canadian gun control, as mentioned, with one of the students, Heidi Rathjen, who was a cl- in the classroom that he did not enter. She organized a coalition for gun control. Two of the victim's parents, Suzanne Leplant edward and Jim Edward, were also deeply involved. This led the way to the passage of Bill C-17 in 1992 and C-68, commonly known as the Firearms Act, in 1995, ushering in stricter gun control regulations. The bill required the training of gun owners, screening of firearms applicants, a 28-day waiting period on new applicants, Rules concerning gun and ammunition storage, the registration of all firearms, magazine capacity restrictions for semi-automatic firearms, and firearm restrictions and and prohibitions. Mm -hmm. And I can speak to this. I have gone through this process myself. I have a firearms license. I did the 28-day screening, the application, all of it. It is a quite long extensive process I can almost compare it the most to applying for a passport in terms of the application is that extensive and you do have to get your most previous ex's information on there and they will contact them in case you're buying the gun to kill your ex mm-hmm. so I appreciate that Stephen Harper tried to overturn this bill while in power mm-hmm. but was narrowly defeated in September of 2010 he was successful in abolishing the long gun registry when he won the majority election in 2011 and the Quebec government subsequently won a temporary injunction preventing the destruction of the province's gun registry data and ordering the continued registration of long guns in Quebec.
0: Yeah. However, in March of. What? No, sorry, I was going to say the argument against uh, bill C 68 from the conservative government was that it, like they didn't believe that the laws were actually contributing to lesser crime, but my question is, yeah. like, we could have we could have saved so many lives in this situation, and all it is is making people go through a little bit longer of a process to to own a deadly yeah. weapon. Then
1: you have to wait twenty eight days yeah, just to double check that you're not going to make a rash decision it's and not just that long. do something like that.
0: It's not that long, and it. It means that people can't just like get really angry and go to the store and buy a gun. Like, I don't understand what the argument against it is other than I don't feel like waiting that long and it's stupid. It comes
1: down to those people that are like, I want my rights. I want to do what I want to do because I'm a free person and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we're not saying you can't do what you want to fucking do. Just do do it safely under some regulations. We're just
0: hopefully saving lives.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, a uh, there's really no reason to argue it, that's all. I agree. He's bullshit.
0: He's bullshit, yeah.
1: In March 2015, the Supreme Court of Canada ruled against Quebec for destruction of all registry data. Police's response to the shooting was also criticized as several women were killed while they were still establishing the parameters around the building. Subsequent changes to emergency response protocol led to... A praise of emergency responders handling the Dawson College shooting in 2006, in which one woman woman was killed in the incidents, coordination amongst emergency response agencies, and quick intervention led to minimizing the loss of life. A House of Commons subcommittee was created in response to the massacre to investigate the status of women in Canada. The results of the investigation was a report called The War Against Women. While it was not endorsed by the entire standing committee, the federal government did establish the Canadian Panel of Violence Against Women in 1991. The final report, Changing the Landscape, Ending Violence, Achieving Equality, bold title, proposed a two-pronged national action plan consisting of an quality Action Plan and a Zero-Tolerance Policy. Designed to increase women's equality and reduce violence against women through government policy. Good job. In the wake of the attack, a white ribbon campaign was also started in 1991 by a group of men in London, Ontario. For the purpose of raising awareness about the rise of male violence against women, the Montreal...
2: Côte des Neiges, Notre-Dame de Grasse.
1: Perfect. Also created a memorial park to the victims, a short distance from the university, where annual vigils are held in remembrance. For the commemorative ceremony of the 25th anniversary of the massacre in 2014, 14 searchlights representing the 14 victims of the massacre were installed on the summit of Mount Royal. They were lit at the exact time that the attack had started. And in 2014, the Order of the White Rose was established, a $30,000 national scholarship for female engineer graduate students. The selection committee was made up of presidents, principals, and deans of engineering from several prestigious Canadian universities and chaired by the first female graduate of École Polytechnique. In 2019, the sign at the parks were updated to reflect the École Polytechnique massacre was an anti-feminist attack the city changed the wording on the park signage to refer to the mass shooting as an anti-feminist attack rather than simply just a tragic event
0: as it should have been from the beginning i mean they spent more right? time they did they spent more time defending the position that it wasn't a feminist attack than they did
1: just calling it
0: just what calling it is what it is like call as fate is fade. it, it is what it
1: is <laughs> right just...
0: like like you said earlier like opening a public inquiry actually looking into it and they just spent so much time defending like oh it it couldn't possibly be a feminist attack like yeah it was no
1: it was and it is and call it what it is stop trying to downplay it and pretend like it's not a big deal because it fucking is we get it people hurt each other it just happens to be a man versus women. Call it what it is. He's a bad person. He did something horrible. Okay, yes, then they are all women. Maybe there's a connection. Don't just call it a tragic event and call it a day. Yeah. Google. I googled it to you. Unless you want to do all these things.
2: I, I can help with pronunciation.
1: So now I'm going to get Simon's help. We're going to go through a list of the victims. We are going to end it on the people who mattered here and were all taken way too soon at the end of the day. These were all young women just starting their lives.
2: Geneviève Bergeron.
1: Geneviève played the clarinet, sang, and was so passionate about music that it had been hard to decide between music and engineering. She chose engineering because she told me, I will always be able to make music in my life, her sister said.
2: Helen Colgan. This
1: was Natalie
2: Natalie Croteau.
1: So it was Natalie's best friend. She was a strong student at the tail end of her degree in mechanical engineering. Clarence told the Montreal Gazette shortly after the massacre that she was a conscientious and patient girl who was always pushed through to the end.
2: Natalie Croteau.
1: Helen's best friend. They were supposed to be going on a trip to Cancun, Mexico at the end of the month together. She also had a community center opened in her name commemoratively in Broussard, Quebec.
2: Barbara Daniel.
1: The Ecole Supérieure de Technology in Montreal created a sponsorship in her name in 1991, and so far 69 women have received it.
2: Anne-Marie Edward.
1: An immense lover of sports. She also played extreme sports, chess, baseball, and soccer. At the Polytechnic School, she joined the ski team, and upon her death, the team added the initials AME to their uniform sleeves. That's
0: nice.
1: Yeah.
2: Maud Javier Nick.
1: At 29 years old, she had already had a degree in environmental design, but had returned to school for an engineering degree. Okay. Imagine what that girl would have been able to we... accomplish with those two degrees.
2: Yeah. Marise Lagagneur.
1: She had been married for only three months at the time, and her husband. Oh my God. Her husband was outside waiting to pick her up when it happened. Uh, Ten years later, he still prays for her every night.
2: Marise Leclerc.
1: She was in her last year of a four year degree. She was the first name made public uh, and the daughter of the Montreal Police Director of Public Relations, as we mentioned.
2: Anne-Marie LeMay.
1: Outside of school, she sang in a band. She planned to study abroad after school, and one of her best friends, Heidi, who had been shot and survived, was implemental in the gun control law in Canada.
2: Sonia Pelty.
1: At 28 years old, she was on her very last day at the mechanical engineering degree. A park in her hometown at St. Ulrich was named after her in 2019.
2: Michelle Richard.
1: Known by Mimi, she was the eldest of two kids to a single mother. She had recently made up with her absentee father, who ultimately committed suicide shortly after her death.
2: Annie St. Arnaud.
1: The youngest of three, uh, in her last day of her mechanical engineering degree as well. She had a passion for ecology and was part of the 4-H Canada organization.
2: Annie Turka.
1: Having obtained a scholarship for women in science, the youngest of three lived with her oldest brother in Montreal, and she studied metallurgical engineering in hopes of protecting the environment. Oh. So it's actually the production of metal components. Okay.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: The last name is not French, it's Polish, but Barbara, <sighs> I apologize uh, to the Polish listeners, Barbara, Kluxnick, you, uh, Barbara K.W.
1: The oldest of the victims at 31 years old. Her and her husband had left Poland in 1987 and were both in the cafeteria. They had left Poland for Canada thinking that it was the safest country in the world.
0: And they were in the cafeteria because they were visiting the school because she was going to enroll to go there.
2: No, they were both students. He was okay. also a student there because he was a doctor in Poland, but he had to go back to school in Canada. And uh, they were eating in the cafeteria because it's literally the only place they could afford to eat
0: oh wow. wow that's
1: wild but see like these are their safe place this yeah. is where they have their three meals a day this is where people rely on their livelihood mm-hmm. like it's shocking when even the pandemic hit how many kids were without meals because they had breakfast and lunch at school yep. and that was just the norm i think we will wrap it up on the victims yep. and i don't think that we need to give what's his name any more time no and we'll end it on these. I mean, all these women that just lost their lives so early. And we're going to probably do really amazing things in the world. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, like, smart women who were just going to school to get an education. And
1: they all just sound really determined, somebody too. He
0: decided that it was. He
1: could snuff out the light early. Yeah, it was early. his job
0: to take that away from them because he couldn't do it. So
1: Yeah, he was inferior to them. And that bothered him because he already didn't like women and they were doing what he couldn't yeah well he thought they were taking his place in school he wasn't getting in because of them he wasn't succeeding because of women just a piece of shit this guy Mm
0: -hmm. well that was great great job guys
1: thanks i don't have much
0: else to say because this one's a bummer so we've kind of said yeah this one's
1: just a information heavy sad story there's not
0: a lot to say in between because like you know we can sit here and say he's this and he's that but at the end of the day these women still died this still happened and this. and he took the coward's way out he shot himself at the end of it
1: he didn't even pay for what he did
0: which like you know thankfully because if he had not he would have gone on to try and kill a lot more women
1: and it is canada he would have been out after 25 years Things so or at least well. eligible to be yeah
0: they i don't think he would have ever been released but i guess you never know i don't
1: actually know what the <clears throat> court proceedings are usually for school shootings like in terms of sentencing i actually am not familiar with what they are in the states or canada
0: i don't know about turnaround time but i mean it would be handled the same way that any other murder would be handled so they would have to find like
1: i mean sentencing sorry oh, sentencing um yeah, i'm not I mean, i'm not quite sure what i mean it's going to be multiple counts of first degree murder it was planned so i assume it's i would hope those are the times where they get their sentences one after another not stacked on top of each other with, it may yeah, yeah, it might time, be a, but,
0: a time where they choose concurrent instead of consecutive but instead
1: of consecutive yeah you never know i would hope so either way God, we don't just let so.
0: people out after 25 years as many people think no Canada does. we don't like
1: they have the eligibility to be released a through a strict parole process. I yeah, wouldn't be getting yeah.
0: let out on parole.
1: No. I think we keep a lot of these guys in. Don't worry, everybody. Yeah. I mean, we do try way. and keep the real bad that ones didn't in. Happen, so. <laughs> True. Okay. Simon, do you want to add anything? Or anything that you see at the memorials and or what it's like living there?
2: no i um i do remember the memorial when they lit up the lights which was pretty impressive because yeah. um like they just lit them up one by one like not in just in one shot and it was mount royal the where you like you can see from montreal and farther away so you could see these lights from pretty far away and um the same people that did this is you know just kind of a weird tangent but it's the same people that do like the shows at like arenas and like for the montreal canadians and stuff like that so they really know how to do a light show so it was actually mm-hmm. a very uh beautiful memorial that they had done on that day
1: are the lights always on
2: no not not. Or are they still no that was thing? just for that one day or maybe i think they might have kept uh, them for a couple of days i don't remember but it's not a uh... do
1: they turn them on at the memorial every year though
2: no No, but there is still a memorial at the park. So there was a a park named after the shooting where they changed the sign and everything that's not far away from the school. And every year, um, there's a vigil and and a memorial that happens at that park. But at Mount Royal itself, they don't do a a big commemoration every year. Well, there is, like I said, things that happen at the park. Maybe not huge lights, but, uh, you know.
1: Well, we should go.
2: I agree. I was thinking of that. December
0: 6th Brandon, anything?
2: No, I don't have anything, Dad
0: December 6th, Memorial Day for this event but also we talked about it's now White Ribbon Day or National Day Against Violence Against Women um, and that includes trans women women of color missing and murdered indigenous women so December 6th we're all going to be thinking about Women and how we all deserve to be safe. We'll all wear white. I'll wear a white ribbon. I'm not wearing all white. I don't think you're all white.
1: I said we will all wear yeah. white, not wear all white. <laughs> okay, well, I think we're good yeah. here. We'll wrap this up for the night. and.
2: Thanks,
0: everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye.
2: Bye, buddy. Thank you. Bye.
0: <laughs> I'll call you soon. Okay. <gasps> okay. Bye. Bye. Bye! How do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. <laughs> okay. <laughs>